Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to an instant reaction episode of the Testudo Talk podcast. I'm Emmett Siegel. I'm riding solo today. Andrew Chodas was here at the game with me, but he couldn't make it to the podcast. He had some other obligations, and Colin McNamara was reporting virtually. But we just watched Maryland football lose to Michigan in a tight game, a lot closer than me or Andrew predicted this game would go. We both thought it would be a Michigan convincing win where Maryland couldn't really hold its own. And it turned out that Maryland pushed Michigan to the brink, even though the Terps didn't get the job done. It was a really impressive and resilient performance. But ultimately, what really matters is the fact that they came up just short in a 31 to 24 loss. I'm going to talk about the game, give my thoughts, as always, as we do on these episodes. we got a lot of content coming out with the basketball game last night. Um, and then, you know, we're having all sorts of content coming out next week with uh, with more basketball games and football as well. The regular season finale coming at Rutgers next week. But let's talk about what we saw today. CQ Stadium, you can see it behind me, where we just watched Maryland fall just short of the win it's been looking for for so many years, and especially under Mike Loxley. We've seen Maryland come up close in these games, but more often than not, get kind of run out of the building when it plays these teams. Uh, last year, Michigan and Ohio State were close games. Penn State was not a close game. In many years, Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State have blown out Maryland. That was not the case today. That was also not really the case, even though the score maybe tells otherwise. It was a competitive game when Maryland played the Buckeyes back earlier in the season. When they played Penn State, it was just they were overmatched, to put it pretty bluntly, but today this was a competitive game. This was a really, really competitive game where Maryland had legitimate chances to win. This was not a fluke. The score is not a fluke. Maryland played a really, really good game today. But as I said, what really matters is that they couldn't get the job done. So let's recap the game. Maryland comes out strong. They kick a field goal. They have a three, nothing lead. You're thinking that maybe, you know, it's a bit of a mirage and Maryland's going to, you know, give up a lot of points unanswered. Uh, Michigan's going to take control that is what happened for a bit. Um, M- Michigan marches down the field. Blake Corum punches in a touchdown. Really, really impressive jive. And then Talia Tungavailoa, going to talk about him a decent amount on this episode. Talia Tungavailoa rolls back, drops the ball. It's a fumble. It's picked up by Michigan, walks right into the end zone. And then all of a sudden, in the blink of an eye, it's 14-3. to becomes 16-3 to after a punt is blocked. And Brendan Segovia smartly kicks the ball to the back of the end zone, but it is a safety instead of a touchdown. So now it's 16-3, to and then another long touchdown drive that results in a quorum touchdown makes it 23-3. to So when Maryland is down 23-3 to in the first half, you know, we're, you're, they're starting to have the conversations about this is going to be another game where Maryland goes up against one of these top teams, gets run out of the building, is not competitive at, at all, and it shows the difference between these two programs. And make no mistake, Michigan is a national championship contender. A lot of people would have them ranked number one. Uh, they're number three in the college football playoff poll, but they're 11-0 going into their matchup with Ohio State next week. So that is an excellent team, even with all of the off-the-field stuff going on. You're thinking Maryland most likely going to roll over, and they're not going to really have the firepower to keep up with Michigan at the pace that they're on. But the complete opposite happens. And Maryland goes on a long touchdown drive. Michigan threatens to score near the end of the first half, and Jay Sean Barham comes up with a really, really clutch interception with his heels in the end zone, his first career interception. Uh, really, really impressive job by the Maryland defense today. And then you see they deferred to the second half, so Maryland gets the ball to start the second half, goes down the field, and scores a touchdown. And then Maryland's defense is holding strong, but 
unfortunately, the mistakes started to pile up again. And Talia Tungavailoa, I'm going to be talking about him again, throws an interception, staring down the defensive back. Um, a really, really predictable, unfortunately, interception in the press box. I was sitting next to Brandon Schwartzberg, who writes for the Diamondback, and he was joking that with about there was about seven and a half minutes left in the third quarter. So we're looking at exactly two and a half minutes elapsed in this game. And he's joking that in all of the games that Maryland has played against these teams, it feels like they can hold their own for two and a half quarters. And then right when that two and a half quarter mark passes, that's when the wheels start to fall off and you start to see maybe the depth problems show through. And right when that happens, Talia throws the interception. It feels like a backbreaker. But Maryland's defense, once again, holding strong. That that drive may have resulted in a touchdown. But regardless, Maryland's defense is holding really, really strong, kept it in this game, but it was the mistakes because it wasn't just the interception by Tagovailoa. It wasn't just the fumble earlier in the game. He had another uh, He had another interception later in the game. He was backed up on his own end zone. So it's more or less an arm punt. It might not necessarily be too much worse than the result if that play drops incomplete, but regardless, it's an interception. And then the biggest play of the game after Maryland, you know, goes down, scores another touchdown is getting stop after stop, but just can't get back into the lead that they had at three, nothing. That was the only lead they had today. And then comes an opportunity where Tagovailoa is faced with 99 yards after one of the best punts I've ever seen from Michigan's punter. Drops it right on the one-yard line with perfect backspin. Really, really well covered as well. Maryland needs 99 yards to do it all, right? This is the win that Maryland has been looking for. This is the win that Tagovailoa has been looking for. This is the win that Mike Loxley has been looking for. And 99 yards against that defense that Michigan has, which has been so, so good. I mean, Michigan had allowed 15 points was the most it had allowed in a single game this year. Maryland scored 24 despite all of these mistakes. So once again, a really impressive overall performance. But Maryland just unable to get the ball more than three yards downfield. Coleman McDonald with a short rush. And then the deciding play of the game, the one that probably most people will think of first when they think of this game, was Tagovailoa pressured again. He was pressure in his face all game long, sacked five times, pressured countless times. And he tries to get the ball to Ty Felton, who's about 15 yards downfield, and the ball ends up about 10 yards short. There's a bit of a discussion between the officials, and then the flag comes out. Everybody knows what it is. It's intentional grounding in the end zone. It's a safety, and Michigan then takes a seven-point lead and can run out the clock. And that's where I'll start with my analysis of this game. Talia Tungavailoa had so many opportunities to change the narrative around him. He's in the record books and atop the record books at Maryland for a reason. And Talia Tungavailoa is, statistically speaking, the best quarterback in Maryland history. But the main reason why he's not going to be considered by a lot of people as the best quarterback in Maryland history overall is because of games like this. It's because they were unable to, in any of the games that he had, except for the COVID year Penn State game, to beat Michigan, Ohio State, or Penn State. In the COVID year, all of those games kind of have an asterisk on them. So in a real year, Maryland with Tungavailoa at the helm, leading the offense, unable to win these big games. And in this game, unfortunately, it sounds harsh, but it's hard to come to a conclusion other than the fact that he probably lost them this game with his decision-making. The two interceptions, the fumble, he took a couple sacks that were ill-advised, a couple other throws that were ill-advised. You saw a couple spots of greatness from him, which is what you always get with Talia Tungavailoa. 
He had one of the best throws. I call it the best throw of his career. It's certainly one of the best throws of his career on a 34-yard pass to Caden Prather. Um, Beautiful pass in the third quarter, I believe it was, down the sideline and uh, right in a tiny window, and he slots it in perfectly pretty far downfield. Really, really impressive. But with that comes the mistakes. And Talia's mistakes are always back-breaking in the sense that it can never be a safety in the first quarter like that punt was it always has to be in the fourth quarter or back when Maryland's you know backed up in its own end zone and it needs to execute to get out of its own shadow of its end zone it can't manage to do it with Tugavalo at the home the interception that I was mentioning in the third quarter he just stares down the defender when they had an opportunity keep in mind the momentum was squarely on Maryland's side and when I say that I mean this place was I'd say not an exaggeration, majority Michigan fans. That's not super surprising considering the relatively disappoint, disappointing season that Maryland has had and, uh, and the wildly successful season Michigan has had. And even with everything going on there, you know that that team's fired up, but they just look dejected. I'm talking about Michigan. Michigan on the sidelines, it looked like they were shell-shocked, frankly, not excuse the pun. They were sitting on the bench, you know, just staring at the ground, not really talking to each other. It looked like, They were just doing everything they possibly could to figure it out. Meanwhile, Maryland's on the sidelines, jumping up on the benches, waving towels in the air. The crowd, even though it wasn't a great Maryland crowd, the students that stuck around were getting loud. They were getting fired up for third downs. Maryland's defense was giving them a lot of energy. They were getting stop after stop after stop. J.J. McCarthy missed a couple of receivers. Maryland was putting pressure on him. It was overall a really, really impressive performance from Maryland's defense that stifled, for the most part, one of the best offenses in the country. But with that, you have to convert on those opportunities. And that's what Talia Tungavailoa cost his team in that third quarter with that interception. That was the turning point of the game. They were down, I believe it was five points. And he throws the interception when they have so much momentum on their side. They had just scored a touchdown. They, They had scored the last two touchdowns if you're going back to the second quarter. And it just felt like this was the moment where if they're going to take the lead, they need to. He wasn't able to do that. And that's how you end up putting yourself in a hole where even though, once again, the defense gave them so many opportunities to dig themselves out of it, the defense gave them so many chances to uh, you know, score more points, even though it's a tough defense and 24 points is an impressive feat. Maryland was able to find success, especially in short yardage situations. I will talk about that with Billy Edwards. But you give yourself those opportunities later in the game where you're pressed up against your own end zone and stuff like that because you're unable to take advantage of the opportunities earlier in the game. And that's why those turnovers are so crucial. But I will talk about the other quarterback today, which normally the backup quarterback in a game where the starting quarterback plays pretty much every snap does not get any sort of headlines, does not really get any attention. That was not the case at all today. Billy Edwards Jr., we know him. He started last year in a game. Uh, Talia was hurt. He came in against Indiana and led a comeback. He's mostly been in mop-up duty for the most part this year. But the one exception to that is that they've really taken a liking to using him in short yardage situations when they're using the play that kind of resembles the Philadelphia Eagles, the famous infamous, depending on your perspective, tush push where you have two uh, of your teammates behind you, plus a ton of players on the line and you're pushing someone over the line. Billy Edwards had four rushes today. Those were his only snaps. He came in on four rushes, three touchdowns, three yards. That's, Not misleading at all. That's exactly what it was. He came in specifically in those scenarios, and he's been used in that situation before. They used it ad nauseum today, and it kept working. And even though, you know, we're talking about getting half of a yard, we're talking about 
the slightest of margins here and Maryland barely getting over the plane for what it's worth. We're talking about a relatively impressive performance up front from that group in those short yard situations, somewhere where they've really struggled before. There was one time where uh, it took them four tries to get in the end zone when they had an angle situation. I think three of them were like right at the goal line and they managed to get it over, even though it was stressful, they managed to get it over. But that short yardage situation, those are the opportunities that Maryland was able to capitalize on after some long drives, but Maryland couldn't unfortunately get itself in those scenarios enough for that to happen. Um, the blocked punt also, you know, one it was kind of piling on to what was already happening when Michigan had all the momentum, especially late in that first quarter and early in that second quarter. Um, you know, Colton Spangler was out, the regular Maryland punter. I don't think that blocked punt is anyway on Brendan Segovia. That's just a complete coverage uh, or blocking uh, mishap where, where a man is left completely free and, and gets there. Um, but it's just mistakes like that, that as Loxley, as some of the players said after the game, great teams don't beat themselves. And if you are going to beat a great team, you can't afford to beat yourself because you know, Michigan isn't going to beat itself. And unfortunately, Maryland it's weird to say this because we're talking about Michigan. I don't know if they're the national title favorite on the betting sites or whatever, but certainly in that realm of, you know, top three or so teams in terms of favorites to win the national championship, Maryland beat themselves today, Maryland against one of the top teams in the country on senior day, beat themselves today. And, you know, it's the offense that scored 24 points, nine more than Michigan had allowed in a single game this season. It's the offense that's to blame because when you look at those 24 points uh, or when you look at the 31 points that Michigan scored, you're talking about two safeties. You're talking about a special teams touchdown. Maryland's defense played its butt off today. And Bo Braid was particularly really, really impressive. Um, He led the team in tackles. He was flying all over the field, especially early. You could tell he was fired up on senior day. Uh, really good quote after the game. He said, my goal is to inflict pain. Uh, you love to see the fire from him. You know, you know what he's capable of. And he really lived up to that billing. Jay Sean Barham. I also mentioned with the interception, but Maryland's defense played its butt off today. And the resilience that Maryland showed, especially on the defensive end was particularly impressive. It was encouraging to see the bounce back after some really, really tough weeks from this team. But like I said, this will go down as a missed opportunity. Maryland has been looking for this kind of win for a long time, and you had it right within your grasp, and you just couldn't get over the hump, which is what makes it so frustrating. Um, on the Michigan end, J.J. McCarthy was impressive um, in the arm talent, not overly impressive in his production. I thought he commanded the offense well, as usual. He did a really good job you know, of handing the ball off to his great running backs, Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, who didn't exactly do what they did last year. For anyone that remembers last year, Blake Corum rushed for uh, close to 250 yards, had multiple touchdowns, really just killed Maryland in that game last year at the big house. Today, started out hot, got two touchdowns, kind of like the Billy Edwards touchdowns, really short yardage touchdowns, although he was responsible for also bringing them to the goal line. Um, But Maryland's defense did a really good job of holding up against the run and against the pass. Um, Another guy to single out, Jaquan Shepard, had a really, really good game. Chaquan Shepard uh, had a couple pass breakups. He had a, uh, a huge sack in the third quarter um, that, that really fired up, or it might have been the fourth quarter, that really fired up the team, really fired up the defense, really fired up the crowd. Um, and that, that was really good to see because he struggled a little bit this year. 
Um, and then there were some, you know, some some ticky tack calls with, you know, Tarheeb still got called for a fourth down pass interference that, you know, Donnell Brown and Bo Braid had some pretty adverse reactions to. Um, Tarheeb was was all right. Overall, Michigan's passing attack, like I said, McCarthy wasn't too productive. Roman Wilson, his top receiver, also got injured in the first quarter when Dante Trader laid a huge hit on him. So um, that may have had something to do with that. But Maryland's defense from start to finish really played really, really well against a team that it was not expected to play really well. I agree with Bo Braid, what he said after the game, when he said that this was their best performance of the year. I totally agree with that. This was their best performance of the year. This was a really, really strong showing, but it goes back to the offense. They also couldn't really get the run game going with too much consistency back to Maryland. They couldn't really get the run game going too often. Um, there were some moments, especially earlier in the game where maybe you saw some holes opening up uh, Colby McDonald on that uh, four try touchdown where they had to bring Billy in for fourth down. Um, he re- received a screen pass like seven yards downfield that seemed like, I don't know if it was a broken play or just a really confusing play call, but um, you know, he managed to, to scamper free and get down to like the one inch, one inch line, excuse me. And, uh, and set up Billy Edwards, um, Josh Gaddis, calling the plays i thought overall did a very good job there were no major question marks on my end at least from the play calling today i thought it was pretty solid but once again you know this all goes back to talia and the mistakes that maryland made and you know you can't put it all on talia because he's one player but he is the quarterback he is the most important player on this team and he's the player that as we've said as the team has said over the course of this year, over the course of his couple of years here at Maryland, you know, this team goes as Talia Tungavailoa goes. And unfortunately, on a day where mistakes plagued Maryland, mistakes cost Maryland a chance and a monumental victory, you know, you you, you just saw Talia kind of embody that. And, and the turnovers were really, really unfortunate to see from that perspective. Um, you know, Michigan came in with all of this attention on him about all the off the field stuff. Jim Harbaugh wasn't here coaching because he's serving out the remainder of that suspension. You had other coaches getting fired, all new details coming out. Michigan's been dealing with this for a you know a couple weeks now. So you don't necessarily expect it to affect them. I didn't think it affected them, but it certainly felt like Maryland kind of took it personally to a certain extent with their play on the field with all of the hype around Michigan and everyone kind of counting Maryland out. I mean, Maryland was a 20 point underdog in this game. And like I said, cost itself a chance at what would have been a huge win would have been the defining win of the season would have been the defining win of Talia Tungvaluwa's career and Mike Loxley's tenure so far. Maryland came out with a ton of fire. Uh, Braid especially was, you know, really, really fired up early in the game. You could see it from his play on the field. Um, the fans were fired up. It was just overall in a game that, you know, normally you see Maryland not play too well in. It felt like Maryland, just the vibes were much better than you would normally see. But Maryland's now six and five going into the final week of the regular season against Rutgers, who's no slouch. Rutgers is pretty solid. They gave Penn State a test today, and um, that's no gimme. So you want to match last year's regular season record of seven and five. You're going to have to go into a tough uh, play a tough Rutgers team and you're going to have to beat them on their home field, which isn't necessarily the most intimidating home field, but it's still a game away from home. We know how hard it is to win away from home. We saw that with, you know, with the basketball team last night, how poorly they played away from home, how poorly they have played away from home. You know, Maryland football doesn't necessarily have the same drastic splits because mostly because they're also losing games at home, but, uh, but, but it's tough to win on the road. So that's going to be certainly a tough challenge, but back to Michigan. I mean, this Michigan team, has Ohio State next week. And 
that's something that I, I kind of want to hark back on last year. This game felt like a carbon copy of last year's Maryland Ohio State game when Maryland got Ohio State here at the Shell, as they call it. Uh, in the second to last week of the regular season, Ohio State is rolling. I think they were undefeated going into that game. Actually, they definitely were because they made the college football playoff later that year. You know, with CJ Stroud, Marvin Harrison Jr., I could just go down the list of all the studs that were on that Ohio State team last year. And Maryland pushed them to the brink. And you saw, once again, you saw the magic from Talia. You saw the magic from the Maryland defense getting stop after stop. That was the biggest thing that reminded me of that game was that Maryland, it felt like, had 10 opportunities maybe to play itself out of this game, to lose this game, to let the game slip away, to let this opportunity slip away. And even though it ultimately did, if it kept itself in the game for longer than maybe you expected, and you at least had a chance at the end. And that's what happened last year against Ohio State. I remember sitting in the same press box. I remember watching pretty much the same thing unfold where they have a chance for you know, historic drive, a game-winning drive, which is a couple minutes left in a one-possession game. And it's a mistake by Talia. It was a fumble in the game against Ohio State last year, even though he had some you know, magical moments in that game, especially that, you know, I think it was fourth down uh, pass to Jay Sean Jones for a touchdown. That one really stands out as one of the more impressive plays of his career. But um, it's just, it was a carbon copy of that game. And that's what makes it so frustrating from a Maryland perspective to just think about how close they were. And you just think about what this could have been. And we talked about it a little bit on the podcast after the Ohio State game about how it was a missed opportunity and how these are the games that are going to come back to haunt you. And, you know, this season, depending on what happens at Rutgers, we're, we'll probably more or less be defined by those losses to Illinois and Northwestern, you know, when they, when they go on that losing streak there. And But, you know, you, you're going to have to think about this game for a while as, you know, probably the the most prominent missed opportunity of the Loxley era, in my opinion, to really get that win over one of the elite teams. I mean, Maryland doesn't have a ranked win against a conference opponent since joining the Big Ten. This is not only a ranked win, possibly, but this is, you know, a a program-altering, perception-altering possible win, and you had it in your hands, and, you know, the ball's in your hands, and you throw it 10 yards short of your receiver, and it ends up being a safety. That's what I'm going to remember from this game is just the missed opportunities and the fact that Maryland kind of plagued itself um, in a game where it couldn't afford to beat itself against a team that the margin for error is so much slimmer. So that's all my thoughts. Obviously, it sucks that Andrew and Colin couldn't be here, but we will all be back this coming week as we we talk basketball, as we talk football. Um, Tough week for Maryland athletics, to be totally honest. I mean, you have the win at Nebraska last week for football, but then, you know, this week, you get or that weekend at least you get the uh the the basketball team the men's basketball team losing two games in Asheville then you have the the terrible loss last night at Villanova women's basketball getting blown out um and, and a really really frustrating i think is is the way to put it frustrating and, and near miss um just like a loss that it, it stings with you almost more to lose a game like that than it does the Penn State game where you're kind of out of it from not the jump, but from, you know, pretty close into the beginning of the game. Um, in this game, Maryland was in it into the, until the end. And that's why it just feels like such a missed opportunity for this team, but they still have one more opportunity to get to the seven win mark. Um, and, and 
you know, hopefully go to a solid bowl game. We do know that they're going to a bowl game at least this year. So, you know, you have that to look forward to as well. Thank you all for listening so much. We really appreciate it. Your guys' support has been awesome this football season, and we're looking forward to keeping it going throughout the rest of this regular season, which has one more week throughout bowl season. And then obviously throughout the basketball season as well. And anything else that may come up in the meantime, thank you all for listening so much. And we will see you later next week.